Welcome, everybody, to the Scott DeConing Leadership Podcast. I am Scott DeConing, and I welcome you to episode number 10. We're officially in double digits. Double digits. Here we are. So uh, I want to again welcome you to the episode. Today, we are going to talk about something that is actually near and dear to Hugo and my heart. It's uh, something that we've known a lot about for the last, oh, for me, it was 14 years. Uh, And I've also known what it's like without it. And Hugo, you're in the same boat as I am, but we are going to know a lot about empowerment today. Today, we're going to focus on the connects and the disconnects on empowerment. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Before we jump into that, though, I do want to uh, give a quick shout out to a cause that I am doing. In the last couple episodes, I've been talking about blesslibaria.ca. Although still very involved with that, with that charity, I am actually focusing this month on Movember. For those of you that don't know what Movember is, we actually take a company, as has actually started, I believe it's a nonprofit, takes on the role of identifying awareness to male health problems, both physical and mental. So um, what, I've, what I'm doing in this role is a participant. I am growing a beard and a mustache. I've never actually grown a beard before. I've grown a mustache and it's always been creepy. So I'm trying to grow a beard just to see, uh, see what the difference is. But uh, I'm actually going to post a link to my Movember page in the description. If you're listening to this two or three years from now, like right now it's October uh, or sorry, November 10th, 2020. If you're listening to this, even like 20, 30 or two, thir- two or three years from now, um, know that this link will still be active. My goal is to raise money for mental health, men's mental health specifically. Um, I myself have been dealing with anxiety for as long as I can remember. And it's only the last, I would say 10 years that I've actually really started to take a hold of it. So um, this one is near and dear to my heart. So, some stats that I actually found very surprising is uh, that four out of five suicides that happen are men. And it's mostly because we're told that we can't be, we can't talk about stuff. We, we got to show weakness uh, or we can't show weakness. We got to look strong all the time. Now I know the paradigm is changing. Society is getting a lot better with that. Um, I've even started a YouTube channel on my anxiety to try and help others. But uh, with this, this is this money actually goes to f- help find research for physical, whether it be cancer or something like that, or mental instability for, for males. Um, October is usually breast cancer month. Uh, November is usually November. So if you can, please go to my page. Please donate. Uh, whatever you can give is helpful. My goal for this month is $200. I'm already $30 in. Thank you for those who have donated. Uh, but if you want to, you can. Very, very, very close cause for me. I'm not a sponsor. I'm just being a participant and just trying to draw awareness to something that is, has affected me for a long time. So, uh, again, I'll post the YouTube – or, sorry, the um, November page in the show notes, and we'll uh, hopefully get people – you guys able to – to donate or share it, you know. So that's uh, Movember. How are you doing, Hugo? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's, it's funny you say that because I do have uh, 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 family members that, uh, that have mental illness. So mm-hmm. it's close and dear to my heart as well. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, one, one family member who is, uh, this happened probably, probably, I'll say about 70 years ago, <laughs> but that family member uh, actually committed suicide, which is sad. Ah. And uh, because they didn't, they didn't get the help that they needed. Mm-hmm. But uh, so um, I, I totally understand what you're saying as men, we, we're taught to be tough and we, we can't show emotions and that kind That's of right. thing. And That's right. so a lot of men suffer. I find, I think I did, I read an article that says, uh, especially men between the age of 50 and 70, between 50, 50, 55, 60, 70, uh, men at that age usually think about seriously about suicide. So oh, wow. we need to think, think about that and, and uh, be, be aware. And if we can uh, shed some light, if we meet someone that's uh, going through a rough time, if we can shed some light and help them out and help them to feel better about life and a, a better outlook on life. Yeah. Um, the number one thing I, I notice is hope. Uh, what's the common, the common thing is, they don't. They don't believe that there's any hope. That there's any hope in the fu- right. in their future. So right. instead, they, they don't. They don't want. They no longer want to live towards their future. So mm-hmm. they're thinking of hopelessness. So uh, we're both Christians, uh, myself and Scott, and we believe that in Christ Jesus we have everlasting life, and we have the good news of the gospel as well. So it's a great opportunity to to be a to be a witness. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. I, I I told Scott earlier about someone that. Uh, I, I met um, on on an, on an aircraft while I, I worked as a flight attendant, and this person, um, not un, unbeknown to me, was actually thinking of committing uh, suicide, right. and I, I was able to lead them to the sinner's prayer, and they accepted Christ in their heart, and and uh, and, and, and and made a 180 turn, turned their life completely around, and I thank God for that. That I was able to to be empathetic enough and to truly listen mm-hmm. uh, and, and make them feel uh, warranted so they can they can share they can share the story everyone has a story you know absolutely and uh, we just gotta just be there for people and just allow them to uh, allow them to share what's happening in their life that's right that's right so uh, if you are struggling I should add this as well if you're struggling please please feel free to reach out you are not the only one in this boat. I know it might feel that way, but um, just reach out to anybody, anybody and everybody, whoever's willing to be there and listen. Um, you may not know who your support system is until you reach out. But uh, I mean, if I know you directly, call me. Uh, another thing you can do too, because um, the service is available to if you just call 911. You, you know, oh, right. if you feel unsafe, this fits. Call nine one one and say you need help. You don't. You don't even have to say much. Just say you need help, and then mm-hmm. just they'll find. They'll pick up who, where, the, where the call is coming from, and they'll they'll come and help you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, good there's point. no shame. There's no shame in that. Just to say, hey, I I, I feel like I'm gonna you know do something pretty bad, and just nine one one say help me. I, I, I'm having bad thoughts, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, never, never feel like you're useless. Like you, the world doesn't need you. Absolutely. And every single person has a, has just like a, it's just like the fingerprint. Everyone has mm-hmm. their, their, their gift where they can shine and the world needs everyone. That's right. So that's right. Well, encourage. I was listening to Les Brown on a podcast and Les Brown actually talks a lot about religion. Well, spirituality. I, I shouldn't say religion, but spirituality. He's uh 
I think he used to be a preacher, but anyway, he actually talks about how God gave us life and how so many people think about ending it is actually almost like a slap in the face to God to be like, why you just gave this to me and I'm, I'm just going to take it away. Like it just, that when he said that, that really hit me hard. I couldn't, uh, I, I never thought it like that before. So that was something, something else. Yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about empowerment. We're going to talk about the pros and the cons, because uh, for those that don't know what we mean by empowerment, it's where you're actually putting power or control into the hands of the people doing the jobs. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, you and I did, Hugo. I didn't mention it on yeah. here, but we talked a little bit about John C. Maxwell's perspective on yeah. empowerment. And yeah. I really just got to copy what he says because I think he, he hits it bang on. A lot of leaders tend to think that if they give their people empowerment, that they lose the power. Ooh. The way he puts this, and I couldn't agree any more than he puts it, you don't actually lose power, you're compounding it. You're mm. multiplying your leadership. Mm. And I want to start with that because I think that is a very empowering statement in itself. I know I said empowering for an empowerment podcast, but um, it's inspiring and it really hits home, I think, to, to let people know if you give power to the people doing the job, you are not actually losing control. You're actually giving your leadership to somebody else who you believe you trust. I'm going to throw that word out there because that's a big part of empowerment that you trust can handle doing the job properly. Cool. Now, what he also says, and I think this is very important to follow up with because it's not just a matter of saying, okay, here you go. You can do this because we're going to talk here in a little bit about the disconnects of empowerment because there are a couple things, if not done right, it can really go sideways. But what he also talks about is when you're giving somebody empowerment. So let's say you're running a company and you're going to give empowerment to a manager or even to your frontline staff, whatever the case may be. Uh, you need to train them, train them properly in depth and then trust them that they're going to do the job to the best of their ability. And then the third one is you need to Need to, need to, need to. I'm going to stress this. Hold them accountable. This is where I think the biggest disconnect is. When we get there, I'll talk a little bit more about it. But it's people saying that they can or can't do something. And then when it happens, there's no coaching session to follow up with it. It's just like, well, I'll let this one slide. Well, if you let this one slide, all of them are going to slide. And people are going to see that. And they're going to be like, well, if he can do it or she can do it, why can't I? And, and that's going to compound. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, uh, Hugo, from your experience, what what is your thought about empowerment? I think I think we need to uh, not forget that um, you know everyone everyone has a different uh, uh, character or should I say um, attitude towards um, having a high level of integrity. Mm. Um, I, I really. I, I was asking myself, and I was going to ask uh, you as well, Scott. Mm -hmm. What do you, when you say you're giving you're giving power to a manager or someone who is in a different position as a leader, kind of thing? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Like, what when you say you're giving power to them? Was it what is what is that? 
Like break it down. Give me an example. Like the way that I've always taught it to others. Mm. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll go back a little bit. To answer your question directly, it's teaching mm. them how to do what you do. Okay. In in the that shortest makes a lot form. Of sense. Um, because I know for the companies that I've worked for where I had no empowerment, like zero empowerment, mm-hmm. I had to make a phone call for every single decision. It felt like I had to make a phone call to scratch my nose. And it was, it's very, very annoying and frustrating. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, and it was because we weren't, we were specifically not taught how to do a specific function in the system. that could allow us to make those calls in the moment. And that Mm. was done on purpose. Interesting. Yeah. The way I've always taught it as well is that when you think of empowerment, so let's say that I'm dealing directly with the customer and I'm thinking empowerment, I have to think like the CEO. See. And then I would usually pose it. So I'll pose it to you, Hugo, just because (laughs) you're the only one here and you're able to answer me. What is the CEO of a company responsible for? He's responsible for the running of the business uh, from the top down, from right. executive leadership all the way down to frontline. Exactly. And also the satisfaction of who? Uh, the, the, uh, the investors. The Partially, yep. The yep. Part if- investors as well. And of course, to the satisfaction of essentially everyone in the, in the right. company. Right. Uh, Internal and also, also, the cust- also the customers. That's right. Can't that's forget it. the customers. And that's just it. So when I, when I taught empowerment, that's the way I put it. As I said, okay, if you think of yourself as a CEO and you think of what the CEO is responsible for, they're not only responsible to take care of the business, but to take care of the customers as well. And if it's I'm in that position, I have to It's interesting you say that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Scott, because... Uh, we both work at, at a company that uh, was taught that, you know, we are all owners, mm-hmm. you know, yes. And, yes. and that kind that kind of thinking yeah. really makes you uh, step outside of yourself and go, interesting, how can I help, how can I influence mm-hmm. uh, those that are around me to be, to be a better version of themselves as well, whether That's it's right. your circle of influence or sphere of influence, mm-hmm. how can I, how can I step out of my box and, and, and be, and you, with with empowerment, be a leader in, in that in that in that uh, in that in, the, in that essence, right. and having that leadership uh, mindset, mm-hmm. and therefore um, engaging others to do the good things. Because I've spoken with a few uh, VPs in the company I work for, and one of them asked me, "How do you engage frontline?" That's the big question. Because mm-hmm. yep. we can we can tell you so many things that we can do, or we can sort of try to sell it, but how do you get frontline to actually want it to move? And I, I think the answer to that is being a leader or being an effective leader, even on the front line, That's right. right? Having a mindset of leadership, even though I'm a, you know, a, a person on the front line or in lower management even, and, and be able to say, okay, interesting. Let, let's face this together as a company, as leaders, as responsible mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. And when we have that kind of attitude, if you think about it, then our actual leaders will feel more comfortable trusting us. Right. And if they and if they trust us, then it, we come to the place where they begin to look at our, our individual talent, because mm-hmm. everyone has a different a different talents, mm-hmm. and and be able to empower us accordingly. 
So right. if your talent is uh, talking to a bunch of a crowd of people and, um, and inspiring them that way, I give you empowerment to go ahead and talk to our initial class when they're doing their welcome to, welcome to the company mm. day. Uh, if your thing is to do the one-on-ones to talk to someone, I get you to work with the PSMs or the, 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 the team leaders and mm-hmm. do the one-on-ones with, 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 with particular of, uh, of our staff and, right. and be able to see that talent really shine. Mm-hmm. And, it's the, it's, it's, and that it's the shining of that talent that will kind of uh, uh, encapsulate uh, the ultimate uh, leader mindset. Mm-hmm. And of course, assuming that they have that character as well, because we, we as, as someone who wants to empower others, I'm looking for people who are, have that integrity. So right. they're the same. There's the same person, whether they're doing their, their common deeds or whether they're doing something way bigger and way broader. It's the same. Exactly. It's the same work ethic exactly. and the same level of integrity. Yeah. Well, and what I've also noticed, too, when, when we had empowerment to do our job, and I, I like how you said we were all owners because I totally forgot about that because it hasn't been that way for a while now. But, um, but when we when we thought of ourselves that way, we even went as far to say, okay, where can I cut costs? Yeah, exactly. Right, because that's what an owner does. And mm. again, you multiply your leadership by doing that because people who are on the front line doing the job every day, when they have that kind of control mm-hmm. and they care, and I like the way... Uh, I like the reason, the fact that you threw out integrity a couple times because that's a huge part of empowerment right. is to talk to the right person and make sure that they're doing what they should be doing even when nobody's watching. And I believe that's the unofficial definition of, of integrity. Yeah. And uh, if you have that person, mm-hmm. they will solve that problem for you because yeah. they can look at the process or look at different things and say, man, we are wasting so much paper doing mm. this why why are we even doing this this makes mm. no sense to me and when when people are starting to think that way that's when the unknown costs start to get mm-hmm. saved mm. it's yeah. interesting you say that because i'm thinking of what i wrote on my website mm. by the way uh just to let you know ladies and gentlemen my name is hugo isles my website is clue solutions uh dot org yep. so uh c-l-u-e S-O-L-L-U-T-I-O-N-S dot O-R-G. Yeah. And what's interesting about that website is um, the, 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 the plan of action is to actually engage frontline, people right. from the frontline and, 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 and form a focus group with these people and be able to choose people that have you know, integrity, mm-hmm. they have talent, they're mm-hmm. passionate, they're... Um, they're creative mm-hmm. and, and sit down and said, interesting, interesting, interesting. Could, could we do this a different way? Right. Well, have, you, have you ever thought of this? Have you thought of that? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're able to step into those conversations with leadership and be such a, uh, such a complete addition to that, that team. Absolutely. Uh, that leadership actually would look forward to hearing from them mm-hmm. because they, they have the opportunity to see the, the company from the bottom up. Right. Uh, whereas leadership sees the company from the top down. So, right. they, so anything that has been missed or wh- whether it's a blind spot uh, uh, because the leader's uh, position or anything that he misses, the, ones, the, the, the people from the bottom up can, can see it and, right. uh, and talk about it. So it's important mm-hmm. to work with, uh, not necessarily, because most people think, okay, 
you have to talk to someone like a consultant mm. <laughs> who has you know, <laughs> lots of degrees and lots of experience to right. sort of turn a company around if you, if you have a moral issue mm. or if we have a trust, uh, 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 a low trust environment. And, mm. and, and no, not at all. You can use your own people. But it takes uh, someone like myself and hopefully someone like Scott to pick the right people, like the right team focus group, to put them together and to say, interesting, let's tackle this, uh, this concern that our leadership is having. Right. And they can add value, add value and be a seriously uh, uh, a, a, a good addition to the team. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think too, if it um, if it's done properly, and I'll talk, and I'll say why I say that here in a second. But if it's done properly, it runs very, very well. The customers are happy, the people are happy because they feel empowered. They feel like they have control of, of things that um, may seem small, but to them are big. The reason I say it has to happen properly is, as I said before, Max John Maxwell said that we actually have to train them and train them to do what we do. And again, I think this is another area where I think people are afraid to give away control because they think they're gonna lose control. But if we train them properly and they're able to take on, let's say a, a complaint from a customer in that moment and can turn it around to the point where they're shaking their hand, well, they won't be shaking hands right now because of COVID, but let's just say they're shaking hands saying, thanks for helping me. That's one less problem you have to face a week from now when they write a letter in or write something mm. on Twitter or yeah. Google reviews, whatever it is. And training them properly in the moment right now is crucial for something that you want to do later. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny that you talked about that, Scott. My my mind ran off on a conversation I had when I went when we, we I went to have coffee with one of our or leaders at the company that Scott that we work we worked for, mm -hmm. uh, and we were talking about the concept of um, having an undercover boss. Ah yes, yeah, <laughs> and, I thought uh, about that. Uh, it was it was interesting. I I, I yeah. call it the un he, he he said undercover because he liked that that term. I call it the unknown boss. Oh, there so, you go. So you have a group of like CS. Uh, customer service agents, well, maybe not right now, but uh, a group of flight attendants, a group of uh, uh, CSAs, customer service agents, and mm -hmm. you don't know, right in their midst, it's uh, someone from leadership that's actually uh, uh, in their midst. And um, it's, it's sort of a double-edged, it's a double-edged sword or kind of thing where mm -hmm. he gets to see the, the passion and the enthusiasm of the front line as people get into their work and their their work ethic, and mm -hmm. he gets to see the first hand without any interruptions. What what the front line goes through, and what how 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 their uh, the, the, the determination and their grit, mm -hmm. and their love for their job and their passion for their job. He gets to yes. see that. Yes, and that's beautiful. And at I the hear. same time, um, the the front line or the early, uh, middle management get to meet uh, someone from the top and have an interesting conversation about things that probably have been overlooked right? Uh, that, that, that they can pay attention. And it's a beautiful, beautiful um, activity for leadership mm. because it, it re leadership really gets a good, good picture, a good snapshot of how things are going from the bottom up. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we kind of joked and talked about that. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting. So you never know, it could happen, but you know, on the undercover boss uh, type, type uh, approaches. <laughs>
it's something to think about, you know? Yeah, I, I really enjoy that show because it really does show, not like you said, not only the passion that the employees have, it also shows where things are faltering. And what yeah. I really like about that is they actually, at the end of the show, and, and really that's the biggest part that I look to, look to because that's when the bosses usually give what the employees have always wanted. Um, right. And that's always kind of heartfelt and stuff. But um, what I've noticed is they actually create positions for those employees in that at that point in the show to say, we want to make you the director of training for this department because yeah, busy. Yes. through their journey, they've realized that that's a gap. Yes. Which they wouldn't have any other way. Right. Right. So it's, I mean, there's, there's money involved with trying to figure this out for sure. But when you think long-term, how much you're going to save. Right. In let's, let's just say in morale. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Morale alone. Yeah. Morale brings customer service complaints, which brings less people back. Right. Yeah. But if I can make those people who are directly helping my customers mm. happy, and show that I trust them and they can mm-hmm. trust me. That's just, it's synergy is what it that's is. That's it. You got it. Synergy. Yep. You hit it on the nail because yep. the high trust, I believe that high trust is the currency that we need in order to empower or be empowered. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's just like a currency. If I come to you, Scott, and mm-hmm. I don't have the proper currency, there's no exchange. There's no transaction because there's no currency. Right. Uh, and that, that currency may be intangible, but it's very, very real. And that's high trust. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a great it's a great opportunity. It's good when I think when uh, uh, leadership can actually, you know, come down to the front line for a little bit and see what goes on in the front line uh, level yep. and the challenges that they face and, 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 and the attitude, the positive attitudes and so on and the talent that uh, that that that, that uh, the frontline uh, folks should have, or even middle management, and see what they go through. You know, making sure the processes from the top goes through, and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it, it can uh, it's, it's it's becomes creating tools for for the frontline to then pick up and work, and just you know work at, work away at what they need to work at. That's right. So, is it challenges on every level? Uh, to, but to actually experience that, I think it's it's really something special. It is for sure. It is. Um, now, if we take a look, because some people might be like, yeah, but does this really work? Here, let me let me give you some companies that actually are really, really good at empowering. First of all, we can look at Google. I don't know how many people know anything about Google, uh, but I can say, because I've actually been to Google headquarters, at least for a short visit, that the the level at which they take care of their people is astounding to me. It, it was just mind-blowing because uh, we ended up, this friend of mine who I ended up going with and I ended up talking to somebody who they call Nooglers, new Googlers, and uh, they kind of gave us a rundown of what happens when you're just starting with the company. And this person that we were talking to lived in New Jersey, moved to San Francisco because that's where Google's headquarters are, well, south of uh, San Fran, but... Um, she, she said they went through a point of making sure that she had a relocation counselor to make sure that the move, by the way, they also hired movers, but to make sure that the move for her was mentally okay as well as physically because she was leaving her friends and family and it was a big thing. Because she felt so valued, 
I know just from talking to her, I know she's gonna, she won't go anywhere else. All of her innovation, all of her thoughts, all of her ideas to move Google forward, which I honestly believe Google's gonna start taking over the world, but um, all of those ideas are gonna go to Google because she believes in Google so much. That's just one example of taking care of your people, giving them the empowerment to do whatever they need to do. For those who haven't seen the movie, The Internship, I believe they even have nap pods. I'm just going to pause there for a second. Nap pods. How many of us would like to have a nap at two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon for like half an hour even? Yeah. Because we'd be more refreshed. Let's go. Right. Especially as parents. So um, it's just one thing to say, okay, I trust you're going to get the work done. You can go outside and play volleyball if you want, which by the way, they do have a volleyball court there and then get back to work whenever you're ready. And we're just going to trust that everything works. And that's huge, huge. However, yeah. there's the accountability, accountability piece. And that leads me to the next company. Sorry, here we'll get to you in just a second. The next company is Disney. I don't know how many people listening or watching have been to Disneyland, but every single person, every single person, doesn't matter whether you're playing a character working in one of the shops or your street cleaner. It doesn't matter. You are all given the same training and that training is guest experience. Now, the reason is even if I'm a street cleaner, I have the ability to make their day, to make their trip. Some people save their whole lives to go to Disneyland. Now, all of a sudden you walk and there's street cleaners going, I don't want to be here or whatever, right? ruins the whole experience. So they, they keep every single person accountable to make sure that everybody is doing exactly what they were trained to the best of their ability with a smile on their face, helping out their, their guests is what they call them. What are your That's thoughts? Powerful. That's very powerful. Um, we can see why Google is doing so. Uh, not Google. Google too. Google but too. Uh, Disney... Uh, Disney's doing so well. I mean, mm -hmm. Disney's buying every, every, um, not every company, but they're, they're, they're taking over and they're doing a lot of great things uh, from the top down. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's very, very, very niche and very cool that they still stick with their story, right? Right. Um, every brand, every, anytime there's a good, anytime you're presented with a, a company's brand, Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, a brand is really a story. There's a story that needs mm -hmm. to be told. I like that. Right? And th their story is, is, is so powerful and so groundbreaking mm -hmm. that um, it, it gives them a lot of leverage, a lot of leverage in, in order to, to, to drive that brand, that, that, that story at home. Absolutely. You know, where this the story of, 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 of Walt Disney, how he started and you know, his, his struggles and his successes and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, what they have to offer and, their, and, the, and what, what's really interesting, what I've, what I've heard, I haven't, I haven't been there, but I've heard that the, uh, the workers are very consistent. Mm -hmm. And every time you go there, you get, you get treated the exact same way. That's Just right. like, you know. That's right. And interesting, I've heard, actually, I heard the same thing about at least 10, 15 years ago about an, uh, a, a company called WestJet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, 
it's not called WestJet because they fly west. No, no. <laughs> Believe me, that was a question from someone that I spoke to. No, but uh, what's interesting is they, they seem the flight attendants, they, they, they seem to practice the same thing. Anytime you, mm. you meet a flight attendant or you're on a WestJet aircraft, the experience is exactly the same. It's every time you, it's, it's, you know, uh, a family, a family type uh, attitude. Mm -hmm. Everyone is, everyone is chummy and friendly and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that they, they have a lot in common with Disney when it comes to that kind of stuff. Absolutely. But people appreciate that. People, especially people who save their whole lives to travel. Mm -hmm. Some people they don't travel as much as you think they do. And when yeah. they finally get to travel with their kids and their grandkids, they're meeting with this type of really good customer service. Mm -hmm. Man, you know. It means the world to them, right? Sure yeah. And uh, it's, so, same thing with Disney. It's uh, and, it, and like Scott, what he put it well. He puts it well. It, it doesn't matter whether you're a street uh, street sweeper, or you're you're wearing a costume, or or you're an actor, or doing some some, some other stuff. Yeah. But they're the same. The attitude is the same. The ability to to make someone's day, to go above and beyond, to wow, to what right. we call it, to wow the customer. That's or right. to wow the guests, you know. Yeah. And so they, they they go home with that memory, and it's not it's not just a great experience; it's actually memorable, and mm -hmm. they remember those, those experiences for the next 10, 20, 30, 30, 40 years. That's right, absolutely. Well, and I could say from this this from experience, when it comes to Disney, if there's say a certain character that I know, it's because I was watching that movie as a child. Yeah. So there's that yeah. emotion behind it. Exactly. And that's that's their branding. Like, like I mm. I mean, I'm going to show my age here, but growing up and watching something like Lion King or Little Mermaid or um, oh, what's another one that I would have watched? Pocahontas? Yeah, Pocahontas, Beauty and the Beast. Whatever, whatever movie was the one that you enjoyed, mm. if you watch that as a kid, you're going to remember when you see that character the first time you saw that movie or one of, one of yeah. the best times you, you saw that movie. So yeah. with Disneyland especially, there's a lot of a childhood emotion behind it, and that's yeah. what they're that's what they're aiming at. Yeah. Um, and you you were talking about WestJet. I also want to throw Southwest because Southwest, if you haven't seen that airline show, um, it was on a while ago. You could probably find it on YouTube. I, I, I mean, I'm I never worked for them nor am I a sponsor for them, but I've seen how they had the ability to go into a situation and help the person to the best of their ability in that moment, and it was. A person talking to a person. It wasn't uh, an employee talking to a customer. It was a person talking to a person. How can I help you? Because they had that kind of empowerment. Ooh. And you could see that in the show. And they yeah. were saying, well, here's what I want to do to help you. Right? right. And you could, you could see it was, it was authentic because it was something that Ooh. they just lived by. Um, I do want to say before we uh, have to wrap it up here, because I mean, we could probably talk about this forever, but um, there are some disconnects when it comes to empowerment as well. And I just want to make sure that we're talking about this because from a leadership perspective, this is where I have seen personally, this is where I have seen empowerment go the opposite way. We've talked a lot of really good things about empowerment. I really, really love empowerment. I, the times I've had it, I, I would not have changed those times for the world. The times that I didn't have it, you could tell it was night and day difference. But the disconnects are where, and again, I'm going to re rely back a little bit on what John C. Maxwell said. You have to keep 
the people accountable. So if I, as the leader, and remember, I said in episode two, everything comes back to us. So if they're not doing something that they're supposed to do, whether it's um, charging a certain fee or, or uh, greeting them a certain way, whatever it is, if they're not doing that, it's because we're not doing our job. So what's interesting I, on this Forbes article that I found, it says that according to non-management employees, more than 58% of them, so more than half, said that their leader did not live by their word. Now, what I take from that is I'm telling you that I need you to charge X amount of dollars for a product. Let's say a granola bar. I'm just thinking of a grocery store right now. Now, if you came up and said, well, I'm only going to charge, instead of charging you $5 for this granola bar, I'm going to charge you two because I like you. Technically, you, you gave the person the empowerment to do that. But is the company going to make money if that's the case? And that, the, so if the company is going to lose money, then we as leaders have to step in and hold them accountable. Here's where I've seen it go the other way. We've actually seen, I've seen this more times than I care to count, but I've seen somebody actually helping a customer, following the policies as they're written out, even though they have the empowerment to make certain decisions, they're following the procedures because that's what the company wants. The customer says, I wanna to talk to your manager. The manager comes over, here's what I want. Oh, I could do that for you. And then takes them elsewhere to, to help them. This is a huge, huge fail from leadership. Because not only are you actually making the person who was helping them originally look like a fool, like they don't know how to do their job. But now they're not going to trust you. They're going to think that you're going to throw them under the bus every chance you get. Why would I come to you? Well, if you're going to let them go, then I'm just going to let them go. Right? Whatever. Whatever. I mean, there's so many different scenarios, but the biggest thing I want you to take away from this, leaders, is we have to make sure that we are living what we say. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just lost for words because um, <laughs> I've I've had that happen to me already, mm. uh, and I think the difficult question is um, making the assumption that maybe the leader the leader or the person who did that, uh, you know, had a bad day or mm -hmm. it's a one-off type thing or woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would like to have a conversation with that leader one-on-one uh, -on -one right. about, about that. And it's like, how do you do it though? Because what if it's someone that, uh, you know, has ego issues, someone that mm. feels they can be offended very easily. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a touchy thing, but I, yeah. I think it's worth having a conversation with that person. And I'll let anyone know how you feel. Say, you know, I, I felt um, I felt like I was useless. That's right. Because here am I doing following um, what what I'm supposed to do regarding this, and mm -hmm. then you you came over and you you changed the rules completely. That's right. And just and do, do something that's 180 degrees away from where it was what I was doing. That's um, right. You know, just bring it to that person's attention and 
if they if they if they listen to you, that's great. If they kind of shrug it off, then go to their manager, go to the person who was above them, and say, "Hey, Absolutely. this, you know, I think that when you say we need to uh, take, um, we need we need to we need to take, be responsible. Uh, I think that's a good way to be uh, for a frontline person to be responsible. Just keep following mm-hmm. up." Because, uh, you know, if we don't do it, guess what? The customer will do it, you know, even worse way. That's so, right. That's it, right. you know, the customer has the power to actually write a letter mm-hmm. to the top, to people at the top, to write a letter and, and, and who knows what that's, that letter is going to say. So, yeah, to say something and say, hey, this is not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring it up with their leader and hopefully it can be resolved that way. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to see most of the times when something like that happens, it, I, I tend to think that it was, she was just a uh, mishap on the on behalf of that leader. Mm-hmm. Maybe that leader just didn't know that the procedure was a certain way, right. and you can't just go and change it because you feel like it. Right. Maybe maybe they didn't. Maybe they honestly didn't know. So, <laughs> well, that uh, in itself is a coaching session. Yeah, that's a coaching opportunity. Uh, what I've been told, uh, taught, what my my manager has taught me is when you're having a conversation with someone like that. Make sure you have someone next to you to witness, mm-hmm. to be a witness. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that, they can turn it into an issue and it'll be your words against their words. That's right. And they can say, right. oh, oh, Scott Scott was disrespectful to me and he, he was going against uh, the, the work, uh, workers' uh, code and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. No, mm-hmm. you have, have a witness to stand there and listen. And then you tell them what you, what's on your heart. Right. And I would say um, not only have somebody there witness it but also allow them to bring somebody that they trust in yeah so that's it kind of goes better. both ways right if you can yeah. find one person that's that's neutral both sides perfect right perfect. Um, but if not then just say i'm gonna bring um this person in you bring whoever you want in only one person bring them in um just to observe and hey. uh that way uh, that way it doesn't feel like they're being attacked Right. right, and and if that's the whole purpose, and they want to really feel like they're actually being listened to, then it's not two on one. So, yeah. uh, the biggest thing with disconnecting in empowerment is not doing what we say. So, if I again, if I say that the policy or procedure is a certain way, and then I, I actually go against that, especially in front of the agent, then I, I'm basically just cutting my legs out from under me. And so what we need to do is we need to be very aware of how we're saying what we're saying and making sure that we're living it so that we're authentic as well. The other avenue with this as well is I've also been the leader when I've been overseeing a a group of people and I was helping this one person and they were making an empowered decision in the moment to, uh, to let this person go without, without charging a fee or whatever. And it wasn't exactly to procedure. Now I've given them the empowerment to do that. So again, this is this is on me. But it has to be again. If I don't hold them accountable, they're just going to keep doing it, thinking that it's okay. And if, yeah. if they keep doing this, then eventually the company's going to run out of money. So the way that I had to handle this, and I'm saying this because. Um, it really worked in the moment and it's an avenue that I really believe works because I don't want to reprimand them in front of people is as long as it's not safety or security related, mm-hmm. let it play out with this customer 
and then pull them aside and then give them the areas of opportunity for growth. Because if I were to say, no, 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 we can't do that. You have to charge them this fee, whatever it is in front of the customer, then we don't look like we're on the same page. So as a leader, what I'm going to do is I'm going to support your decision in the moment. And then we're going to talk about what future situations like this could look like and what the impact is, not only for the business, but maybe for the person, another person down the road. Well, they left, they didn't, they didn't, I didn't have to pay for that last time I was here. Right. Now we're going down that avenue. Right. So there is an impact for making these decisions, but this is where we as the leaders now have to make that conversation happen to say, here's the impact. Mm-hmm. How else could we do it? Yeah. I, so. I think, I think having that conversation in the, in the beginning of letting them know that they, they need to, they will, they will be expected to be accountable mm-hmm. and show accountability. And that will be, that will, that will actually be observed by leadership and measured, measured Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, as well so it kind of shows it gives the balance you know right. it shows well, I'm empowered yay that's great mm-hmm. however I'm also uh, it's, it's, I'm also expected to be you know extremely res- more responsible mm-hmm. in this type of you know and, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of goes like uh, what, what, what was it Aunt May for Spider-Man she says where there's great power uh-huh. it, it, Right, this should be a great responsibility. Yes, and that's so true. I think it goes hand in hand. So mm-hmm. don't just go. Oh, go ahead. Feel free to to wow the customer and so on and so forth, but not talk about the other side of the, mm-hmm. of the coin. Because mm-hmm. I find if 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 you if you only talk about the other side of the coin when there's an issue, mm-hmm. it's it's like pulling teeth. That's right. It's it's gonna be hard because they're not expecting you to say that, right. but. I say when the day when you give them empowerment, the same day just tell them the plus and the minuses. The plus is you have empowerment now, so you can be an awesome customer service personnel. Uh, the, the the minuses is that well, uh, I'm expecting some type of an accountability uh, of what our expectation is, and you, you have to practice what you preach. That's right. So whatever you said you're gonna do, you gotta do it, mm-hmm. and we are we gonna be expecting you. We're following up, and we'll be measuring as well. That's right. That's right. So um, really, really good topics. I believe we could do a whole part two on this, to be honest. Um, I do want to wrap it up there. There is one other thing I just want to mention, because um, you threw it out there a little while ago, Hugo, was talking about somebody who has an ego, who yeah. believes that they can do everything the best and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I want to go back to the seven habits of highly effective people. And okay. I want to refer to Principle number four, when you're talking about a win-win approach, specifically mm-hmm. listening to understand. This this section of the book really spoke to me because uh, what he was basically, and, and in the book he refers to him talking to his child about not wanting to do any homework. But instead of him saying, oh yeah, I've struggled with that before and here's what I did, 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 did right? You, you lead with questions. So you're actually listening to understand what the concern is. And then just by asking questions, and I've done this, this is why it spoke to me so well. You're actually asking questions, leading them down a path where they have that revelation themselves to say, actually, this is the reason I have to do this. 
Because if I tell them as the leader and they already believe that they're doing everything properly, then they're going to defend their, their stance on saying, here's why we can't do it. If they say it, now it becomes true. So that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there too. Really, really good book. Uh, the seven and eight, seven habits of highly effective people. And Hugo and I have talked about, uh, the eighth habit. So, uh, go back and listen to that as well. That's a really good one where we talked about SQ and PQ. Um, that was chapter or that was, uh, episode number nine. I believe. So, uh, I do want to end it there because, uh, Man, we, we could just keep going. This is such an important topic. But um, if you are having trouble with your company and you want to actually know how to introduce empowerment to your team, feel free to reach out to Hugo. He'd be more than happy to help you out. Again, Clue Solutions with a plural, cluesolutions.org. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'll put my links in the description. And uh, I'll put his website in the description. That's the best way to get a hold of him. We would love to sit down and talk with you and see how we can help. I hope this is bringing nothing but value for you. And I'd like to um, thank you, Hugo, for again, joining me here. You were my first guest and now you're becoming my co-host. So so this is really good. Um, And please, if you can help me uh, to support Movember, as you can tell, I'm still, I'm growing the beard. Uh, My wife hates it. It's, It's kind of itchy, but uh, it's for a really good cause. So anything you can do to help, even to bring awareness, share the link, whatever, uh, is definitely helpful. So thank you once again, my friend, for being on this episode. All and right. uh, we'll talk to you on the next one. Okay. Sounds good. See you later, everybody. See ya.